All right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Behind the Back podcast. I am your host, Marcos Conan Negron, and beside me here is my boy Ben Retz. How we doing, Ben? I'm great, buddy. Ready to talk about more football. Oh yeah, back like we never left. So before we get started, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter. And feel free to leave us um, a message or you can send us an email at behindthebackpod13 at gmail.com. And in, on our social media, we have all of our links to our podcast that you can find there and it'll take you straight to our page and you can start listening at any time. So it is with that being said, it is September 13th. It's about 745 p.m. And we are going to be discussing our picks for the week uh, moving forward, starting with the Thursday night football game with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. So with that, Ben, I have a question for you. Who do you think is going to take this game? We're going to get our first pick out of the way now before we go through our rest. I'm just curious what you have to think going into this game. So I think I'm taking the uh, the popular opinion amongst most people. I've got the Eagles, um, and by a convincing amount. Convincing, We'll get okay. into the details on that. Um, but I just, you know, week one, you guys didn't play your best. You still came away with a win. That should speak a lot. Um, the team you're playing this week obviously is better. You know, I I think you guys will get it this week. You know, a lot of the rust was shaken off last week, especially with Hurts. You know, your team is good enough. You guys realize the mistakes you made and the things that you needed to get better on. And I think you guys will make the proper adjustments. You know who you're about to play. You guys are familiar with the Vikings. It's true. And I do have a couple of things for the Vikings. I know the, the biggest take that people are going to mention for the Vikings, why people might select us. It'd be like, oh, Kirk Cousins sucks in primetime games. But because he has a history, I think. So when you compile all of his primetime games, and he's been in quite a bit, his record is 12 and 22. And this, wow. is, this is his time with the Redskins, or yeah, Redskins at the time, and uh, the Vikings. So, but when you, so when you single out just Thursday, it actually turns out he has a pretty solid record on Thursdays. He's three and one on Thursdays on his time with the Minnesota Vikings. I only went as far back as his time with the Vikings since he's been with the Vikings for a while. And um, in his past four games, so he's only played a total of four Thursday night games with Minnesota. He's three and one and he's on a three game win streak. And his stats that I have here, he has a pass rating of 106.9. He has 1200 yards, eight touchdowns and three interceptions, which is a really solid stat line. So I was surprised to see that when I kind of compounded compounded the research but I was a little that's what makes me a little nervous because despite how well we played against them last year this is a completely different team that we're seeing um the Vikings kind of overhauled a little bit offensively and defensively and where they're strong offensively is where we're going to be struggling on defense but before I get into that I want to talk about just kind of the big storylines we are injured like bad and the thing the good thing is well not good injuries are never good but from a football perspective both the Eagles and the Vikings have key injuries going into this game so obviously we discussed N'Kobe Dean's out with the foot injury he's on IR so he's out for the next four weeks they added so Reed Blankenship is out with the rib injury Kenny Gainwell is out with the rib injury and James Bradbury is out so those three key players so Kenny Gainwell is not as important because we have three solid running backs in tow, but Reed Blankenship was our main free safety and our safety depth is trash, not great. So 
We started Justin Evans last week alongside him, but left is Terrell Edmonds and Sidney Brown. And both of those guys are, Sidney Brown's a rookie and unproven, so we don't know anything about him yet. But when it comes to Terrell Edmonds, he is a proven commodity, but he obviously didn't start for a reason. He didn't, he didn't crack that roster, like that starting spot for a reason when it was his spot to lose and he lost it. So I'm a little nervous about that. And with Nicole Dean out, we have Christian Ellis, Nicholas Moreau, and Zach Cunningham. So that's going to be our lineup, which is also fine. But TJ Hawkinson, I think, is going to have a really big game because we're going to be struggling to cover tight ends. Historically, we struggle to cover tight ends. So TJ Hawkinson is a one of the, he's a solid tight end. I think he him and Kirk did a good job last week together. So I'm he's going to tear us apart in the middle of the field, which I'd prefer if it was TJ versus Jettas because Justin Jefferson obviously came off of a big game last week with nine catches, 150 yards. And I watched the replay of the game, the condensed replay, and the way he was getting open, it was it was really easy. Their favorite play that seemed to be happening, the way they were motioning their receivers open, they were um, doing play action. So Kirk, they were under center. Kirk does a play action bootleg. So he's coming out of the pocket, escapes. So they lean one way, he heads the other way. And Jettas and the other receivers are crossing the middle of the field right behind the linebackers. And they they hit him on those crossing routes like six out of his nine receptions last week. And yep. so they were attacking the middle of the field. And Sean Desai is a Vic Fangio descendant. And the thing with Vic Fangio's defenses are that he you push everything towards the middle of the field on defense so you're going to cover up the edges here and you're going to force everyone to go in the middle of the field so if there's a big play in the middle of the field you will be eventually able to cap it off by your safeties is the idea so yeah you'll give up a chunk play here and there but you will also you're going to have to complete the play on defense if you're if you want to prevent that big play from happening that's the kind of the whole purpose of it and with that you kind of need decent linebackers and good safeties so with our best linebackers and safeties hurt this is going to be i have an i have a feeling this is just going to be a big offensive game for both teams so both kirk and jalen have a very similar struggle so far in their careers and it's the blitz they don't handle the blitz that well kirk they the tampa Bay buccaneers were blitzing the crap out of kirk especially when they were in shotgun every single time they were in shotgun they were just getting bull rushed and it led kirk to make mistakes he fumbled twice threw an interception and it was it was a product where I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is where we can get to him because we have the defensive front and the defensive front's going to be a key. So there's an update on the Jalen Carter stats. Apparently he went from six pressures to eight pressures, which tied, um, for, which was tied for the most in, in the NFL for week one. So Jalen Carter had that impressive of a debut. And when I watched um, his tape where he was really successful was he was lined up in the in the three tech in the middle in between the center and the right and the left guard predominantly and the center and the right guard were both rookies and he was just making light work of them with quick quick swim moves he would just overpower them he's getting to mac jones incredibly quick when you just single out his tape and the vikings their their starting center garrett bradbury is hurt he has a back problem so he's going to be out this game and their starting offensive tackle Christian, let me make sure I have his name here. It is Christian Derisaw. He was uh he tweaked his ankle last week against Tampa Bay, but he was out, but then he came back in. 
So, but he's still questionable. And their best uh, edge rusher, Marcus Davenport, is hurt. But he's also questionable, so there's a chance he could be playing. And that defense has a couple good pieces. You know, Daniel Hunter is is an awesome player. Harrison Smith is good. But outside of that, it's just kind of decent players. They got Jordan Hicks as a linebacker, and they play three safeties. The Brian Flores defense is a little different. They play three safeties, so then they can kind of hover over the edge to try to prevent the big plays. But they're gonna they're gonna blitz. Brian Flores blitzes a lot, so I expect a lot. I expect more screens from us today, uh, this tomorrow, and I do expect a big Dallas Goddard game because they're not going to be able to cover him just like we're not going to be able to cover T.J. Hawkinson. So. My hope is that we're prepared for this and that Jalen's going to be ready to get the ball off quick and that we have plays where the ball's going to get out quick. The Buccaneers weren't able to run that well, but that's only because they don't have that great of a rushing offense in general now that Leonard Fournette's not there anymore. The Eagles still have a good running game that we'll be able to exploit. It'll just be a, it'll be a matter of how, how we choose to do it this week. I'm not sure if they're going to utilize DeAndre Swift more. Boston Scott more now Rashad Penny's going to be most likely elevated so it'll be interesting to see if we get him in there to run in between the tackles so I'm a little uncertain there and I know we'll when the, we'll find out tomorrow exactly how we want to run it because especially with the running backs they've been very kind of not they don't they don't like to play their cards they're not going to tell you who's who how we line up some teams are very straightforward with the Eagles. The whole offseason, we never really knew who was going to be the starting running back until last week. So, And it'll be interesting to see how we combat a couple of these things. If we can, if we let Jettas and Kirk have their numbers, but prevent them and hold them to field goals for most of the time, or at least, you know, try to calm them down a bit and get them into third and long pressure, Kirk, maybe force them into a turnover or two, that's where we're going to be able to take this game yeah so um you know on that forcing kirk to make a turnover to you know keep in mind last week he turned the ball over three times um two times it was because they were strip sacks and uh, it was a fumble the other one he threw an interception so the opportunity to get the ball back from kirk is there on the viking side of things their o-line needs to be a lot better like a lot better. And one of the reasons I have the Eagles winning this game, regardless of the injuries on, on both sides is just because I don't think in one week we're going to see an enormous jump. You know, if the Vikings were, were getting this kind of pressure last week and Kirk was, was getting hit this many times, it's going to be that much worse this week. And I just, I have a feeling the adjustments, they might try and make some adjustments here and there. But the thing is, there's only so much you can do, especially against a guy like Jalen Hurts, who can take off, use his legs and get a first down or more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this game is going to come down to, for you guys, how many extended drives Jalen Hurts can get by himself. That's And that's kind of the way I'm seeing this. Yeah, and obviously everyone knows last year the game against the Vikings was kind of Jalen's well, you know, breakout moment where it kind of introduced himself like, hey, I'm here and I'm the guy. It'll be interesting to see because the Vikings defense, what I noticed against the Buccaneers, they were able to generate pressure, but Baker did a really good job of noticing it and just escaping the pocket because they collapsed. Yep. They got the rush. They beat him, but he was able to just escape. 
And I'm thinking to myself, Jalen Hurts can will be able to pick up way more yards than Baker would be able to in this kind of situation. And he did that last year. He excelled in those situations. He picked he only ran for 57 yards, but he had that big run last year where he took on two guys and was able to get into the end zone. He got into the end zone twice through the ground and hit that long deep ball to Quez. It'll be interesting to see how they kind of handle him here because they don't have the same personnel that they did last year. Eric Hendricks was on that team and they let him go to the Chargers and that they now they have a gaping hole in their linebacker spot. So that's where I think Dallas Goddard is going to make a huge difference here. I don't and we can cook their corners. AJ and Devonta can cook most corners in the league. I'm not really nervous about that. They're going to get theirs. So hopefully again, I felt like we were conservative because of the weather. I felt like we were conservative because we didn't want to show everything right away and because we weren't really forced to until the end where we kind of had to make plays to come away with a win, but even then it didn't really seem like we knew what we were wanting to do. And I think this week this game we're going to come prepared with an actual strategy that might allow us to pop the top off the defense here. Yeah, well, and the more comfortable you guys get and the more rust you guys have shaken off, you know, the more, the deeper you're going to dive into the playbook, Mm -hmm. you know, because your guys are going to be more locked in. They're going to be more, you know, able to make these plays that early on in the season they may not be able to do just because communication and understanding isn't there quite yet. It's not the same. That's right. Yeah, and they were... Again, we both, you know, saw and pointed out they were very rusty. And honestly, when it comes to what I have here, there's not the notes are very, you know, simple. It's kind of based off of what we just said because it really will come down to will we be able to pressure Kirk? And will we be able to force him into turnovers? Like that's how we won a lot of our games last year was that that pressure up front. We're forcing them to throw erratic passes and we were able to capitalize and Darius Kirk had makes two- mistakes. Yeah, he does. And he obviously showed that. And especially when he's under pressure, mm-hmm. he doesn't, you know, one of the sacks, he was completely blindsided on a blitz, but they, that was a really well-timed blitz where the safety was just untouched. And I saw Kirk was just looking away. He, he was ready to throw and that's where it got, you know, he got blindsided. So, and the interception that he threw wasn't really even his fault. He threw, so that interception, he threw to KJ Hamler right in the, right on the goal line. And KJ caught the ball, but their rookie linebacker took it from him. And oh wow, it, or safety, the rookie safety literally took it from him. When you watch the replay, he just took snatched it, it from him. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then, but what the cool part about that play was Jetta's. I, I, I don't know if you saw that play, but as he's oh tra- he hit his, him, he decked yeah. him, dude. That was a really cool play. I wasn't expecting Jetta's to just lay it all out there. He it was a huge <laughs> hit, dude. He he his body flailed. His body was flailing and stuff. I was like, wow, this is this is a solid hit. And I was like, Jetta's, that dude's you know what's You know what's crazy? I saw um, just like a, a warm-up video where they were highlighting the, the Vikings game before the game actually started. Mm-hmm. NFL posted, I think. And what's crazy is you look at Jettis from the broadcasting point of view, and you're like, he's, he's a receiver. But then this camera angle of him catching this pass in warm-ups He's huge. Mm-hmm. He is super tall. He's built. His legs are super long. Like this dude's got a body built for success. Yeah, like there's the there's a receiver. reason. Yeah, there's a reason he does as well as he does in this league. He's he's not a fluke. Right, and he's he's that size, and he's that athletic, and he's only getting stronger because he's so young. 
So Justin Jefferson has the brightest future of any wide receiver out there. And he he is going to pop the top off. And it's because we don't have James Bradbury to kind of help. And we're not going to, I don't believe that Slay is going to shadow him the whole game. I just don't think that's how it's going to work, especially when we run zones. But I do believe that they showed last week that they actually can't run the ball that well. Alexander Madison is a good running back, but against Tampa and Tampa has a good front seven. Like Vita Vea is really talented. Levante David, like those are hard guys to run against. And in that kind of style, we do, we are very similar because we're dominant up front with Fletcher, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. They're going to struggle. They like to run up the middle. They're going to struggle to do that against us too. So we're going to force Kirk to drop back more. That's going to work. It'll allow us to tee off a little bit more. Sean Desai showed that he'll, he's willing to blitz more than Jonathan Gannon did last year. So there will at least be a variety. So maybe that'll make up for the lack of talent we're going to have for the players that are going to be guarding Justin Jefferson. So, so, so I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, you guys played against Mac, right? Right. He had three, I think just over 315 yards or maybe right on 315. Mm-hmm. And I think it was what? Three touchdowns, three touchdowns and one interception. So in my head, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I believe Kirk is a not tremendously, but a, a decently better quarterback than Mac Jones yes. is. So, he is an upgrade. Yeah. So what I'm wondering is, do you think Kirk is going to get over 300 against you guys? I could see it. I wouldn't be surprised. And would you guys again, still win the game? Yes. And I mean, this it just proved you know that kind of style just got proven over the weekend he threw for 300 only threw for one touchdown and then the interception and the two fumbles and he turned the ball over and threw away the game but their defense couldn't come up with the clutch stops either so I believe we're gonna have a lot more success on this defense than the Buccaneers did just because we have not that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin aren't an awesome receiving core but we have a better quarterback we have a better offensive line better running situation and better receivers in general so I think this is, this is another case where we are just more talented than them in every aspect, in almost every aspect outside of corners, maybe. And but Slay will carry. So when it comes to Kirk, I think I think this is a game where he's going to put up numbers. I do think that him and Justin, I think Justin Jefferson's going to catch two touchdowns because he didn't catch one last week. I think he's going to come in with a vengeance, especially since we held him to his worst game of his career last year at the link. I think he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder coming back to the link. And he's gonna he's gonna gritty on us at least once. So, um, I know, I know that Justin's gonna have a big game, and I know that Kirk will have a big game. But I also think that he, if I had to make a prediction, he would have. I'll give him at least an interception and another fumble because I think we're gonna get home on him a couple times. Mm-hmm. So that'll and that will. Be, I think those will be the main differences. I think Jalen will play another clean game, even if they rush us. I think. We're just gonna we're gonna be able to hit AJ Brown or Devontae in the one on one matchups and Dallas Goddard as well. And I think we're scheming for that. I think we're prepared for that. It will be interesting to see if we come out and we look sloppy like we did last week, this could get bad really fast. Because this is gonna be one of those shootout games where both offenses could theoretically tear apart both of these defenses. Yep. So it'll be whoever can get home. This is kinda like the Steelers and Niners last week. Whoever can get home on the quarterback and cause the most trouble, create a couple turnovers, that'll be the difference in this game. Because both teams, 
in a nutshell are similar in how they are able to succeed this week on tomorrow. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, if I had to guess, I think Kirk has either an interception or a fumble mm-hmm. for a turnover. I don't think he has two. I would love if I'm proved wrong on that. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think he has around 250 yards. And I think that Justin alone has just over 100. And I think he gets two touchdowns on it. I can but, see him getting 150 again. If, yeah. But, you know, I, I think this is, I think, it's similar to Brandon Ayuk. I think this is kind of like his year. It's just happening a lot earlier, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's poised for it. He's built for it. He's ready for that contract too, you know. He's got something huge to play for. Similar well, to Brandon, and, right? And they're gonna have a they're gonna have a rookie QB or a younger yep. QB or maybe even Dak Prescott if they wanted to sub out. Like those possibilities exist, but they're gonna have a different QB, not named Kirk Cousins next year. And I think this that'll only stand to benefit. Justin and that's no offense to Kirk Cousins but I think they're extremely talented together and they put up the numbers together but it's kind of like uh Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen they're a great pair together but the results just haven't been there and at one point or another for the quarterback it's fine well it's not fine but the receivers always seem to be the one that kind of get a little bit more pissy about it because they're like I could have affected it more had you hit me a couple more times or it's it's those situations you you tell he was frustrated against Tampa Bay because they're Kirk Kirk didn't shut him out, but he couldn't find him in the fourth. Kirk was yep. going to TJ, Kirk was going to Jordan. Jettas didn't get a he didn't get anything major in the fourth. So that was you could tell he was a little upset about that too when he was having such a good game. So that'll be that'll be interesting to see if Kirk finds another option and not gives up on Jettas because he'll get open no matter what. But Will he hit him when it matters? Will Jettis be the one making the big, the biggest plays of the game for the Vikings, at least? Yeah. So, so, so I want to leave um, right before I get your final prediction mm-hmm. on this game. There's one thing that hasn't been said. This game's in Philly. Yes, it is. Home that's, opener, baby. That's and you guys have a really good home field advantage, like a really mm-hmm. good one. You know, it's not, it's, it's not the best in the league. But Philly fans are loud, oh, yeah. especially never, in a home opener. No. Like, come on! And that's you, never. It's never a fun place to play. No. And our so. past three, our past three home openers have been in week two, and the last two, I'm including this one. So this one and last year's are both in primetime games. So yeah. I, I, I have a feeling this is a big Jalen Hurts game, a big, I think, a big offensive game. Hopefully, we can, if we can get back to even a a little bit of what we were last year, just feel a little bit more loose, a little bit more free guys making big plays. Jalen gets into a rhythm right away. Then they're going to be really hard to stop. But I do see a world where we do come out a little sluggish. The Vikings maybe score right away and we're forced to, you know, come back. And that actually might awaken us even more if we're forced to throw more because it's going to get Jalen those reps right away. And I guess we'll see what happens, but I know he won't turn. He's going to do his best not to turn the ball over. If he does, I don't see him throwing a pick. I think Jalen has been so good at that, but we'll see what happens. I don't think he fumbles this time. I think he's going to... I wonder if that fumble changes his whole approach with the rushing, too. Because now this is the... If we go back to the Super Bowl, this is the second straight week he's he's lost the fumble. So I think that with how intense Jalen is and how the kind of person he is, I just know that it, it's not his main focus, but it definitely is in the back of his mind because he prides himself on being efficient so yes 
that would be so if Jalen Hurts is efficient and they come out firing, I I see us winning. I see us winning 31-27 would be my score. Like I think it'll be close. I don't expect us to cover. I don't think we're a score better than this team based off of how our defense is right now. But the defensive line could just fix all of our problems anyway. Maybe they don't even get a chance to, you know, get proven wrong. So 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 that's your final prediction on this game? Is that it right? Would be, it would be 31-27. I have the Eagles winning though. Taking the I like taking that. the taking the dub. So I like that because I have the complete opposite. Not complete, but I have mm-hmm. you guys winning by thirty to seventeen. I I, I just I would gladly see that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean you and I, and as people listen to us more, they'll realize we are extremely um I don't know the word, I guess conservative when it comes to our calls on our own teams. <laughs> We're not that bold. It's weird because no. we are confident. We're always confident. Yep. <laughs> but in the moment it's hard to it's hard to express that level of confidence. Especially now, I don't feel that way. I really don't. I do feel like it'll be closer, even if they prove me wrong. It's always tough coming off a loss. Mm-hmm. It's different coming off a win, but you know, even this week, I I'll talk about the Niners. In yeah, a few so, minutes here. Yeah, so in terms of closing thoughts here on the Eagles, I I think it'll just be a high scoring game. I wonder if the injuries will play a factor. My 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 players to look out for are Jalen Hurts, Jalen Carter. And it'll be the replacement and just the defense in general. That's that'll be if our defense at least gets a turnover, able to make a couple plays, then we'll have the chance to win. That's what I that's what I'm hoping for. Love it. So with that being said, so we have my pick there. So we have the Niners playing the Rams. So before we get into that, you picked first. So I will say my pick here. I do have the Niners winning. I think the Rams, as good as feel good of the story as they were last week, they played awesome. I think it's going to be very much um, a wake up call for them this week as they run into a team that the vibes are immaculate and you guys look like a weld oil machine in week one. And I don't see that slowing down in week two, even with Aaron Donald. But go ahead. What are your thoughts on this game? So I'm going to start with some things I'm worried about when okay. it comes to this game. Um, Going back to last week, I did a little bit more um, uh, diving in uh, on on that game, and I noticed three sacks on Purdy all came from the light, right side of our line. And so and that's I'm where uh, that's McKivitz, right? Yep, that's that, Colton McKivitz is on mm-hmm. that side. Yeah, and uh, my biggest concern is Big Boy AD on the other side. Mm-hmm. They're gonna line him up right on Colton McKivitz and they're going to give him a hell of a time. I just, yeah. I am extremely worried that we're going to be forced to double team. And when you're forced, forced to double team, I got to hand it to Pittsburgh. They double teamed Nick Bosa last week. And I know our guys still ate, but they didn't eat like they could have. Like when, when you're doubling on the line like that, typically there's a door open pretty much every play. It's just a matter of how quickly your quarterback can get that ball off. Right. Right. So, um, so I, I've got to, I got to be nervous with that. I, especially coming off that Eagles game last year and seeing Brock get hit, um, and go down with that injury still PTSD. So, um, (laughs) I'm hoping that, that maybe we can make some kind of adjustment there. Um, and maybe double in a way that, that we can give Brock just enough time um, to find some 
some easy targets or use his legs. But I, I have a feeling we're going to rely a lot on the run game to at least get us going early. Um, maybe mm-hmm. not in the entirety of the game, but early. And I so, was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that because mm-hmm. when it comes down to the running game, when we saw the Rams dominate the Seahawks, they couldn't run the ball at all. At all. They they were stuffing them up. And obviously Christian McCaffrey had the best weekend of the bunch to start. FedEx you know, Brown player of the week, baby. So with the way the Rams slowed down the Seahawks last week, do you, are you afraid that your run game might suffer because of it? Because Christian McCaffrey is going to be important. I just wonder, do you think if they slow, maybe what if they do slow you down earlier? Do you think that we're going to, you're going to get them involved in the passing game a little bit more? Or? Yeah. Um, Cause I think one of the biggest things aside from just a standard run game that we have is um, uh, I'm blanking on the, the word screen. Yeah. Screen passes. That's, that's our like secondary go-to when, when we're struggling. I notice us go to that a lot. You know, if, if we can't get a run game going and we can't get anything over the middle, um, you know, eight yards and over it, it comes down to how that screenplay goes. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I saw us doing that a lot against you guys in the first quarter in that NFC championship game. I think we ran three or four in one drive. And, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously I think the drive after that was when Purdy went down, but, um, you know, it's, do I think that we struggle with the ground game? No. If we do, he will be, Christian McCaffrey will be a factor in a screenplay. Uh, okay. And if not, Debo will, you know, he's our secondary running back, wide receiver, QB, you name it. He can pretty much do it all. That's true. So um, I I don't see us struggling to move the ball on the ground uh, against the Rams. We haven't before. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's with a very healthy, primed Aaron Donald. We were still able to find a way through that line, straight up the gut. So that's true. I do think too, um, with Aaron Donald, and again, just because you guys are so effective on your screens, that's the that's the currently the most efficient way to fight off any effective rush, whether it's you know pass rush or you know run stop. You got to use those screens well, and you guys have the players to do that. And you and the Eagles, I I see the Eagles try to use screens with you know Smitty because he's a little shifty. But I wish we had a guy like D. But we can't do that with AJ because that's just not the player AJ is. I wish we had a guy like Debo size who could just catch it and just drill the next two dudes. AJ can do that, but he his main his sweet spot's the slant route. Um, but okay, so do you think? Do you think Brock has another good game today or uh, on over the weekend, or do you think he maybe regresses a little from what we saw last week? And would that bother you if you got the win and Brock doesn't play well? I guess let me let me rephrase it because if you win, you're going to be happy. But let's say you win despite Brock Purdy, how would that make you feel going into next week? A really good question. Let me put it this way. I was happy when we won when Jimmy played like garbage. <laughs> when Jimmy would throw one or two picks here and there, drop the ball, you know, miss some deep shots to Kittle, um, 
or Manuel Mosley in the freaking Super Bowl. Um, you know, right. there's there's some I don't think if Brock were to have a bad game and we still found a way to win, I wouldn't be upset with it. I would be worried. Mm-hmm. You know, I would start thinking, I'm like, all right, he's human. You know, he, he right. he's going to have these games. Because um, as it sits, man, he has not had a bad game, knock on wood. He, he really mm-hmm. hasn't. His bad game was when he got injured. Right. It's Because it, he didn't get he didn't get to finish. <laughs> yeah. And I almost feel like, as I think about it more, if he has a bad game, it might be more to do with the play calling. Because whatever Kyle asks him to do, he does it and he mm-hmm. doesn't do anything extra. He doesn't do anything less. He does exactly what's asked of him. And that's why he's as successful as he is in a quarterback in the system, because you know, he, he does what's asked of him. That's true. You make a good so, point. So yeah, I, I, I just think that, um, that Purdy he'll, I think Purdy has a great game this week. Um, I've got him actually going over 250 yards. Um, and I, I got three touchdowns that. for him um, with no turnovers. So, okay. That's nice. I think, um, I do think Brock is going to be more important this game. I do think that I think he will need to flex his passing muscles just a little bit more. I, I have a, for some reason, I just have a feeling that the run game is going to work and maybe you guys will be able to, you'll be able to pick, make some big, you know, chunk plays, 15 yarders, 20 yarders, I don't expect another breakout one like what we saw last week, but hey, that would be that'd be very sick. But I think I think the Rams front seven might do a better job than we think of holding the front. But I do think that Brock and the talent around them and the way Kyle Shanahan schemes will be interesting. And we do have to take into fact that, you know, two best friends are coaching against each other who know each other very, very well. So in this kind of a divisional round with Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan, who know each other so well. There's always the, the, these games are always so much more interesting because of their familiarity with each other and the way they know how to scheme against each other. But I do believe that just like the Eagles, because you guys have the superior talent just all around, it's just going to be a little too overwhelming. Yeah. And one thing to keep in mind, too, is um, in the last three matchups against the Rams, we've had at least one play go over 50 yards. So. We're cool we're known to have big plays against them. Um, the the very last one, the very last one was Christian McCaffrey in his I think first full game after a practice with us, and he he got the ball on a um, on what was set up to be a screen pass, and then Brandon Ayuk <laughs> streaking down the sideline, and he bombs it to him in the game where. He scores a running touchdown, a catching touchdown, oh, right. and a passing touchdown. You're right. That was the game, huh? So that was the last big one. The one before that was Debo caught it on R45, took it across the middle, trucked Jalen uh, Ramsey, and <laughs> then went all the way into the end zone with prime blocking from Brandon Ayuk. So okay. we're, we're going to have a big play. It's kind of a question of whether it happens on the ground or in the air. I like that you think um, we might not get uh, anything big on the ground because that if that's the case, that means that Brock is forced to do something. And I, I kind of mm-hmm. want to see him do that. I 
Same. I kind of want to see him go outside of just the the standard what we see him has to do kind of thing. I want to mm-hmm. see him take some legit shots. I know he put a dot on to Brandon Ayuk, you know, last week, and he he has some bombs last year. But take a freaking shot, like like I want to see something yeah. something that stands out where people are kind of like, all right, it's time to really rethink this now. I think what I think what's missing off of the resume for you guys for Brock to get that kind of attention is that close game that you have to gut out and it's not our fault we're so good right exactly and so and this is and this is exactly what happened with Jalen and the Eagles because last year we were you know yeah Jalen had the breakout game week two people were like oh Jalen's great this team is great but they were still not sure about Jalen until the Super Bowl which was the most recent game that was played close like and yeah, we we had a one pointer against the Colts, and Jalen also won the game for us on a you know on the run. He showed that he can win close games. We were also there was multiple times in some of our blowouts where we were down by ten points, and we were able to come back. So you guys, I don't see you guys. You guys have just been so dominant that that's not a normal thing that we've seen from you guys over the past year, couple of years here. Where, and I think you guys are about to. I want you guys to be in a position where you have to be tested just a little, just enough where they're like, oh, Brock did step up in this moment because people look at Jalen Hurts' Super Bowl as the, arguably the best game that he's played and mm-hmm. even more respect because it was on the biggest stage. So if Brock gets put in that kind of position and excels, I think that'll that'll stop all the doubters. He just needs to be put in positions like what we're seeing with Justin Herbert where he's being put in a lot of positions, but he's failing. If the, and now he people are starting to those rose colored glasses on Justin Herbert the talent are starting to come off because the results are not showing. Same with Josh right. Allen, he's choking games, right. and everyone's opinion of them are changing. So you your opinions the opinions of you guys the Niners are going to stay the same so long as you guys keep dominating teams. Great point. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see. But I I want Brock to be tested too. I want him to show that he is what we think he is in those moments yeah. at least. So I I don't think this is the week that Brock is tested. Um I don't think so either. I think I think it'll be a close-ish game until halftime. Um we could even be down at halftime. I've seen that before against the Rams in particular. I just feel like second half we're going to own it. The other thing too is we're playing in Levi South. I know we're in SoFi, yes. but we take that I was that about shit over. to say that. I was about Every to say time. that. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's always SoFi is basically a sea of red every time. Every time. So it's fun to see. Did you see SoFi last week was putting robot fans in the stands? What? Yes. I didn't see that. To anybody listening, um, go out there and look <laughs> up the AI fan base at SoFi Stadium. It's kind of freaky. They had random seats across the stadium that were devoted to these robots that would sit there in a Rams jersey because, you know, Rams fans can't fill up that stadium as it is. So they had to put freaking robots in there. Yeah. You're right. And then. Interesting. It's weird. I, I don't know the motive behind it. I don't know the reasoning there. There might be some. There might also not be. It just because they just can't fill up that stadium. I don't know. <laughs> I, but, yeah, that's um, that's why uh, I didn't know that at all. 
Yeah, let me wrap up on on the Niners. Um, so I got them winning thirty to twenty. Uh, like I said, I got Brock getting three tutties, um, and I think that we just we have an overall pretty complete game, similar to last week. You know, I, I want us to be in control the whole game. I can definitely see a scenario where we struggle in the first half, maybe just to open up the game. Um, mm-hmm. We could be losing at halftime, but. I don't see us losing the third quarter. I don't see us losing the full game. So well, divisional game, divisional games are always weird, and you those are hard to anticipate, especially the Rams and the Niners, who over the past few years, up until when the Rams started sucking, were extremely competitive with each other. So they were competitive. It, but keep in mind, we won majority of those matchups. It's true. It's true, and, it, and just you not know, the we important can, one. We can always say that we, you know, you can always say that you play that they play you hard, but at the end of the day, you guys do own the matchup. So yeah, hopefully that trend continues. I do also thirty twenty would be the score I'd put for you guys as well. I'd have you winning by at least ten points. You guys are favored by eight. Yep. Um, I should have mentioned that earlier. The Eagles were favored by a seven, and uh, it was seven and a half, but it dropped down to seven today. Um, but yeah, you guys were you guys were favored by eight. So that was uh, I. I These are the terrifying lines. Terrifying lines. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, it. they are, and that's the point. They never make it easy. That's why. I, nope. That's what I love about it. Just thinking. Uh, go when we go through these, it'll be interesting to see how the lines affect. And that's why I would never. I suck at betting. I wouldn't say whether they cover or not. It's hard to make that choice. Yeah. Don't listen Eagles, to us when it comes they, to your money. Exactly. Yeah, we're not doing that. Give us, give us five years when we actually understand this a lot better. <laughs> And then maybe we'll maybe we'll try. Maybe we'll do it together. So we'll all risk our money together. There it <laughs> and is. That way, that way we can get through that. So with that being said, I'm going to try to build off of my lead here with my week two picks. Let's see if Ben can make up some ground this week. I don't know. Again, Ben and I do this by ourselves. We come into this blind, so we have no idea what the other guy's picking. This makes it a little bit more fun. So at the end of the year, we'll see who ends up with the better record. So. With that being said, we're going to break down game by game. So, and I have it based off of, I believe, um, chronological order in the sense of when these games will be played, the early slate plus the later slates. Plus, we have two Monday night games this week. So, we already went through the Vikings and Eagles in our predictions there. And this game, this first game we're going to talk about is going to be fun because it features two teams that we both view as playoff style teams. It'll be the Packers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Packers are one and a half point favorites on the road. And the Falcons looked, they looked fine last week. Their defense was awesome. And they, they, they picked on Bryce Young, but Desmond Ritter, I was, I brought it up. I was like, this was Desmond Ritter's audition as well. And he looked like a yikes meme out there, dude. It, it, it was, it was not great. Bijan Robinson had a nasty first touchdown and I didn't bring that up yesterday when I totally forgot about it. It was filthy, which is really cool to see him enter the league that way. Um, But it'll be interesting to see. They're going to rely on him a lot. And I know the Packers do have a good defense, but I still believe that the Falcons will come out on top on at home. I feel like Jordan Love is going to face a tougher defense because the Bears are such a cookie cutter defense. I think the the Falcons have enough enough juice to pressure him. I don't know if Christian Watson's back for them yet because he didn't play last week. If he does play, he'll be extremely helpful, but we're not sure. But I have the Falcons winning. What about you? So I have Green Bay winning, mm-hmm. and I have it by a touchdown, 27 to 20. 
Um, you know, Atlanta's going to be at home. Both these teams are coming off division wins. Mm-hmm. So they're both they're both feeling good going into week two. Both teams that kind of didn't really know how their season was going to go. You know, it was kind of just show up, see how week one goes, go from there. Mm-hmm. And um, and week one went well for both. Um, you know, I, what I can't get around is that elite pass rush of Green Bay. I just mm-hmm. I have a feeling they're going to wreak some havoc on Atlanta. And they made Justin Fields feeling, life terrible. Yeah, I I I feel like Atlanta's going to struggle to get things going when they by the time they finally kind of get rolling, it might be too late. So that's why I think Jordan Love can do his thing, kind of figure figure out Atlanta early on. Mm-hmm. They could run away with this game, and as long as they have a big enough lead, I don't think they I don't think they keep scoring past the fourth quarter. I just, I don't see that happening. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, 27, 20 green Bay. All right. Well, since you put a score to it, I didn't, I didn't go as in depth with you with that, but I'm going to say they, they won 24, seven last week. I'm going to keep them at 24. I don't trust their offense to get that far just yet. I'm going to say it's going to be 24, 21. I think it'll be close. I think there's going to be good plays on both sides. Um, And one thing to note too, Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones did get hurt. He messed up his hamstring on a really long run. And yeah. um, I don't know if he's going to be playing. We'll find out more during the week. That's the, the hard part about doing this on Wednesdays. The, we're not entirely sure what changes we're going to run into. So that also makes these picks a little bit more interesting because we're going with slightly less information than we would have going into this. So, yep. um, but yeah, so this will be fun. We have our first uh, difference one here. So this is good. So moving on to the next game, uh, it is the Las Vegas Raiders on the road against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are eight and a half point favorites. Actually, sorry, eight eight point favorites. Um, but the Buffalo is obviously coming off a very disappointing loss on Monday night, a game that they should have won. It was embarrassing. Ugh. But was I'm ugly. gonna let I'll let you take the the first uh, pick on this one. Who did you have winning this game? This was a tough one for me. The Bills at home. I just I find myself favoring that advantage because mm-hmm. Bill's Bill's Mafia knows how to get loud. There's <laughs> there's no doubt about that. They're not going to make it a quiet game. Um, but you just you can't ignore Himmy G going twenty for twenty six in the last game and having <laughs> one of the more efficient games of week one. You know, um, thing to keep in mind: Raiders had ten penalties for a hundred yards last week. They did find Sloppy. a way to win, but that's. That's a lot. Yards mm-hmm. and penalties. You got to clean that up because against a team like the Bills, I want to say that that's not going to slide. But, you know, week one on the Bills side, it went a different direction than I thought. So mm-hmm. um, I think Josh Jacobs is going to have a bigger week this week. He's not injured, is he? I know no. he. Okay. He was, I don't believe so. He only rushed for like 50 some yards last week. He had 18 carries, but that was a product of the game. They needed to catch, they needed to catch up. Yeah. Um, he had, he had a, a light week last week and that was kind of why I was wondering if he was struggling with anything. I didn't see anything and I was just curious if you did. So no, I didn't um, see anything either. Yeah. I think, I think Josh Allen comes out pissed off. Um, you know, four turnovers. That's, Ooh, that's, that that's all like a, his fault. Yeah, that's like a prime Jimmy G game. So, <laughs> um, I got this as a close game, but I still have it up in the air. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Raiders twenty eight twenty four. 
So that's your lock then. Yeah. 28-24 Raiders. All right. So I have Buffalo winning this, and I I see the score going 31-20. I don't trust the Raiders' offense enough because the Buffalo defense is, was solid. The Buffalo defense did benefit for having to play Zach Wilson. Jimmy G is an upgrade over Zach Wilson. Um, I do think when it comes down to Josh Allen, I agree with you. I think he's going to come out with a bit of a chip on his shoulder, but not the superhero chip. I think it's the calm down, dude, like relax, take it one play at a time chip. Like, I think he's going to, he's going to make a point of being efficient and make, you know, this, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? He just needs, his decision-making needs to be more quick less I'm going to win this game right now. It needs to be decisive. Thank you. That's the word decisive. Yeah. And I, and it was, it was tough to see him play as poor as he was, but he was very clearly upset with himself. And I think a player of that caliber will be able to come back and the run game wasn't able to get going. I wonder if they're going to be able to do that this week. The Raiders aren't as tough on defense as the jets are just as a whole. Max Crosby, I still think is going to cause some problems. Von Miller isn't back yet, but they were able to get generate some pressure on the Jets line. I think they're going to have some success against the Raiders O line. So it'll be a question of whether which which quarterback receiver duo is going to win out. I do believe that Devontae Adams is poised for a big game. I think him and Jimmy will have a big game this week. But I do believe that the Bills will be able to hold them off and outscore them. I think Stephon Diggs will pick up right where he left off, and I see him having another you know ten touchdowns over hundred yard game. So. I think I think they're they're going to be a little more consistent and efficient, especially at home. They're going to have that extra chip, knowing how embarrassing it was last week. So, I have the Bills winning thirty-one twenty. I think you're right. So, for the record, <laughs> hey, I just I, I, I want to believe in Hemi G in this game. No, I bet I bet on the Raiders last week. I completely and I wanted to this week, but I just I felt this was too big of a line to overcome. I believe they cover, but I also wouldn't be surprised if this was a closer game. So yeah. So moving on, we got a fun divisional matchup. We got the Baltimore Ravens at Cincinnati. The Bengals are three and a half favorites at home. So basically an extra half point because they get the natural home field advantage. The Cincinnati Bengals are coming off a disgusting, disgraceful game as well. You know, Joe Burrow just got the max contract and he threw 80 yards to show for it. That's not something you want to see from the highest played player in NFL history. So I do believe Joe Burrow comes back with a vengeance i do believe that i hope the weather suits them a little bit better i think this will be a clearer game and i think he's going to come out with a chip on his shoulder there's a lot there's been a lot of embarrassing qb performances that i feel like with these elite guys that they're going to come back with a chip and i think lamar and those guys didn't play they weren't convincing last week they weren't convincing and yeah cincinnati played like garbage but they were on the road it was a weird divisional game and I I like Burrow in this matchup, and I do think that Lamar will struggle again in this game. I let, and again, I'm high on Lamar. I like Lamar, but they they didn't utilize OBJ the way they should have. He was their big free agent signing, and they didn't use him at all. And I don't mind them using Zay Flowers because I really like that guy. I think he's going to grow into something special, but he can't be your whole offense. And they're not gonna they're not going up against the Texans. They're going up against a legit contender, and I think that. This will be a this will be a good test for both teams, but I do have Cincy coming out on top. This one I don't think is going to be too big of an offensive slugfest. I have it at twenty eight twenty four. I like that. Yeah, I I have the Bengals winning as well, 
but I have a 28 to 20. Um, okay. I just, I feel like Jamar's pissed off. You know, Burrow's pissed off. That whole team is kind of pissed off because it's like they made it to the Super Bowl, um, you know, two years ago, and then they haven't really been able to. They've been that close again, you know? <laughs> and so it, right. I just, I feel like to start off with a loss like that, they're going to want to get, get right quick. So they come mm-hmm. out, um, they play a really good game. The only way the Ravens win is they need to stop a much better and much more loaded Bengals offense. And I do think this year, the comparable difference from the Ravens, when you look at the Ravens of this year and last year is that their defense has fallen off just a little bit. And just that little bit is going to make a big difference, in my opinion, going into this week. So I do think this is a bounce back game. The Bengals are a team that is known to go through ups and downs and still make it all the way because they always seem to get right when it's the right time. They peak at the right moment. So I think it's always for them. They're a part of the growing pains, too, because they also take the Eagles approach and they don't play their starters in the preseason either. And I mean, hell. Joe Burrow got hurt off of a non-contact calf injury, and I feel like that might be getting in the way too. And with those calf injuries, you have to really be careful because this is what happened with Rodgers when he popped his Achilles. It starts from the calf, and it though it'll when you see those kind of lingering injuries, if you don't take care of that, if that's not a hundred percent. That risk will be there. So it's it's. I wonder if that's in the back of his mind. If he really is a hundred percent, that is the one thing I could see slowing down the Bengals. Um, but. That would be the only thing I still have them winning, though. So with that, we're moving on to one of the more exciting teams in week one and one of the more disappointing teams in week one. We got the Seattle Seahawks disappointment visiting the Detroit Lions, the fans favorite right now. They get to go to Ford Field where they are six point favorites. Who would have thought that the Lions would be six point favorites of anything? So this this is going to be a very cool moment. I'm going to let you take the, the lead on this one. Who do you have winning? Um, this one's kind of simple for me, actually. I think Goff's going to pop off. Detroit, those fans are going to be loud. They're they're rowdy. They're ready. If the players can't win this game, that fan base is going to win it for them. I've got the <laughs> Lions winning 35-24. That's a great line. And this is going to be, when we look back at the week one matchup against Kansas City, again, it's the first game of the year, but it's a little different than any of the other first games of the year because like they're coming off they're, they've had all the offseason both teams are going to be rusty too but i liked the way it was on the road and they were able to make a huge play they were made, they were able to make big play after big play after big play and that was that also came with just one offensive two offensive touchdowns but one of the offensive touchdowns was off of a drive that involved a fake punt and then the other one was towards the end when they were able to seal the deal and take the lead yep. their offense needs to play better um, but there was there was obvious signs of, oh, they know what works. They Their favorite play was having the play action, same as the Vikings play action, hit Amon Ra on the cross, and he's open every time. So they and their running game seemed to look really good with Dave Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs kind of alternating with each other. Their offensive line did a good job. They were there was getting a little pressure, but I think the Seahawks, the Seahawks are dealing with injuries too, actually. There we go. I wrote it down here. They have... Jamal Adams is questionable. Charles Cross, their offensive uh, lineman, is week-to-week week with turf toe. And their other starting offensive lineman, Abraham Lucas, is on injured reserve. And their rookie cornerback, De- Devon Witherspoon, it was also questionable, too. So they have important guys in big positions getting hurt. 
and I feel like, especially with the the low that was last week and the vibes that are in Detroit and you're going to Detroit, you had your chance in Seattle to get those vibes and go into it strong, but you lost at home embarrassingly. And now you have to go to a place that's going to be one of the loudest arenas of the weekend for sure. And Good luck. The, expe- the expectations are going to be great for the Lions. I do think the Lions offense will pick it up this week. Uh, I don't think, I think Gino has a decent game, but Aiden Hutchinson showed that he could generate some pressure. And I think he's going to cause some problems in this game too. So I don't know if you saw that um, from Gino from the clip for the Rams game that they played where Aaron Donald got open, like got there and he literally you could hear him on the mic said oh my god as he's throwing the ball away because yeah. Aaron Donald was running to him I could see another moment like that with Aiden Hutchinson this week I don't think their offensive line is staying together and I'm, I'm nervous for the Seahawks because things can spiral really fast if they don't catch up here so this this is a big game for them this is almost a must win they don't want to fall behind in this division, especially with how well the Niners look right out of the gate and the fact that the Rams stole one. So this will be huge. I do think the um, the Lions win. I think it'll be semi-close. I don't think the Lions defense is insane, but CJ Gardner-Johnson did a really good job. He was, he gives them just, I noticed the same thing with him that he did for the Eagles. He gives them that spunk that he has that, that dog energy. He doesn't care. He's going to go after whoever, whenever. So I think that energy will translate. I think they win. 28 to 20 in this one i think it's, it'll be it'll be a better it'll be a better offensive showing for the for the seahawks but also not enough to where it's going to be like oh this was impressive so this will be like interesting that. and i had the seahawks as one of my playoff teams which was disappointing but after seeing them it's 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 kind of hard to see the positives so they have to prove me wrong so now moving on to the los angeles chargers at the Tennessee Titans, who do you have winning this one? They, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers are three and a half or three point road favorites. Yeah, I don't think they cover that. I think it's going to be Chargers win twenty three twenty one. It's going to be a really, Ooh. really close game. I don't know. It's what do you think? I believe in that Titans defense. Mike Variable is an awesome coach. They are a very well coached team. It'll all depend on Tannehill. He will be the difference. If he comes out and looks like the Tannehill who threw three interceptions, if they throw three interceptions, they're losing this game by a mile because they are they have to keep up with the Chargers. And the Chargers were able to put up points on the Dolphins, and that's not saying much because the Dolphins' defense, both defenses are mid at this point with the way that they play because they rely on their offenses so much. But I do believe this is a Justin Herbert bounce-back game. But Tennessee's defense is good enough to generate pressure slow down hopefully if they can contain Austin Eckler that'll make things a lot harder for them but I do think Eckler had he had a big game last week I think he'll continue that trend this week they showed that the run game is actually working so I think that'll factor in I do I think it'll be more of a I have a lot of teams at 28 because it just seems about right but it's going to be 28 17 for me I think this is I think this is a Chargers statement game where Justin's like hey back off last week was bad moment i want to i'm still here i'm still legit don't forget about me yeah but yeah i think that's a good that's a good take um you know the titans are at home so uh, is it their home opener yes okay so that's their first home game it's always going to be louder there it's one thing to take Mm -hmm. into account but the chargers they played well in, in week one it's just it came down to the Finns played a lot better um yeah and poor play calling at the end yeah, it kind of it bit him in the butt for sure. Um, 
but there's no denying that Chargers offense is it's stacked. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just I feel like they're gonna they're gonna have their way, but they're not gonna run over them per se. They'll they'll find ways to generate points when it matters. And um, you know, one thing to keep in mind is the Chargers they they only had two QB hits in Week One, and so wow. Yeah, so they need to figure out a way to get to the quarterback because you yeah, can't have two QB they... hits with with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. That shouldn't be happening. No, not at all. That shouldn't be happening. They got to find a way to hit um, hit Tannehill. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they'll be able to. I think they're though. I don't think they're going to make life insanely difficult. I think they're going to make things interesting. So with that being said, we got the next game that is the Chicago Bears at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so this could this could I've seen this this could be kind of a game that could go either way Tampa did come up with a clutch road win against Minnesota Baker looked solid they didn't do anything that popped off the page but he guided them to a win and he had that winning mentality he did stiff arm a dude which I was really happy to see Baker escaped the pocket and just stiff arm a guy and got right in his face I was like that's the Baker that everybody loves that's the Baker he has that swagger back I mean, it never really left. He always has that wherever he goes. But you I need think to piss him off. Him, yeah, exactly. He's one of those players that will prove everybody wrong if you say the wrong thing to him. Mm-hmm. So I like Tampa Bay in this game. I have Tampa Bay winning. Um, I think the defense, the the biggest problem that we see with the Bears is that O-line has not improved. And when you got Vita Vea coming at you right up the gut, he's not going to be able to catch Justin Fields, but he's going to throw him off. Levante David's a dog. He's going to chase him down. They might just have him spy the whole time. They have Carlton uh, Davis, their corner, shut down. Well, he didn't shut down Jettas, but he did a really good job of kind of shadowing the majority of the time and creating issues. And I think against DJ Moore, if he just shadows him, it'll be a it'll be a different game too. So I think Justin will have a good game on the ground. I think they'll make big plays. I just think that Tampa Bay's consistency on defense and their ability to generate pressure will cause the same issue that's been happening for the bears the whole time. So I have them winning 24 to 17 in this game. I like that. I like that. Um, I agree with all that. I've got Tampa Bay winning 20 to 10. (laughs) Really down on that Chicago bears offense, huh? Yeah. I, I don't think they're, I don't think they're going to get much going in this game. I really don't. Um, yeah, I don't know. We should we should really do a segment here uh, where we where we talk about like our who we think are overrated, maybe who's you know who are frauds this season. I think we'll we'll do that uh, preview we'll preview for you guys. We'll we'll do this probably like week four, week five as the season kind of starts shaping itself a little bit, and we kind of start seeing who's separating themselves a bit. Maybe we look back on who was overhyped coming into the season, who is disappointing, all that stuff. Um, I think the Bears are going to fall into a very disappointing category because they were, for some reason, some reason, they were one of those picks that everyone's like, oh, the Bears can do it. They can they can win the division. And they're like, Justin Fields is going to take the Jalen Hurts leap. No, it's not going to happen when no. you don't have the guys who can protect him. And he's still, Every, he's still very much a work in progress. Everybody wants the Bears to do well because Justin Fields. And I get it. I, I want Justin Fields to have a great career. I want him to to be on a team that is a top dog at some point, but this team is not mm-hmm. it yet. Um, there's, yeah. there's so much that needs to fall into place. He still doesn't have, he doesn't even have the right pieces in my opinion around him. 
Um, he has good pieces, but they're not, they don't benefit him and they don't necessarily um, match his play style. You know, I, I, I just, see that. they don't, they don't, t- they don't push that needle to a point where, Oh, now you have to improve because yeah. he is improving. He he's, he's playing fine, but the same problems with the roster building still exist. And now they have pieces, but they still have to finish it. They're still yeah. very far from complete. So I noticed that too. I, I, I just, I don't know if I, there's, I don't think there's going to be very, there, there's going to be very few matchups where I really feel like the bears will win this year. Um, yeah. So with that, we got a, a fun matchup, potential upset watch here. We got the Kansas city chiefs on the road against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are three point favorites on the road. What do you, what, what are your thoughts on this game? So it's in Jacksonville. The Jags look really good. Um, the Chiefs are coming off an annoying loss, one that they didn't, they're not happy with. You know that. Um, mm-hmm. Almost, the, the it thing, was kind of fluky. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing, like, about that game is the receivers, especially one in particular, dropped passes that were in the chest. So it's not like Mahomes had a bad game. Yeah. He threw the interception, but that was a freaking dot that went straight oh, up off the guy's chest and it was just picked and gone. It was. It had a lot more to do with guys not being locked in than anything. And if I do, there's... I do. Find, yeah. Yeah, Sorry to if... interrupt. I did find a nugget with that receiver. His name is Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. He apparently was coming off of an injury and did not play at all in the preseason prior to this game, and he was just thrown in. So there was the thing saying that he was sloppy because of it. But I can see it now that Travis now that Travis Kelsey's back, he will never have to throw to him ever again. So it it won't matter either way. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think the same issues and mistakes that we saw in week one are going to translate to week two, especially because a lot of those drops happened on potential big plays, opportunities to extend that drive, opportunities to take a shot. You know, it wasn't a shot downfield, but he had green grass ahead of him. So um, I don't think the same things happen. My heart says the Jags will win, but my gut says Kansas City wins this game. And unfortunately, right here, I got to go with my gut. I got Kansas City winning 35-31. And it, I feel the same way in the sense that it's going to be a shootout. Yep. I do have the Jags winning with the same score, actually, 35-31. I love I that. I do think that – I think the weather is going to be a problem for them. I think that heat will be something that's hard to prepare for unless unless you're a team that plays in Florida, same team that plays in California. We're used to the, those hot – the heat. So. The weather is going to be muggy. It's going to be hot as hell on the field. That might, with some of these guys, like Chris Jones signed the deal, so he will most likely be playing. Travis Kelsey is back from the injury. But, you know, you lose a week of game shape, and now you are you got to come back into it. It'll be interesting to see. The Jags played them really well last year, but they did have to play a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. So now Patrick's healthy. It'll be interesting to see how, kind of how it works out because I don't the Chiefs defense played really well against the Lions. And the Jags played decently. I don't think the Jags defense is up to snuff yet, which is why I think this will be a shootout. But I do believe that the Jags have enough weapons with Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley led the way, and they scored 31 points. And this was with Christian Kirk only having one catch. So imagine with if they can get Christian Kirk involved, who was their leading receiver last year. If they, you know, they got if they can be a little bit more balanced, and I think they'll be able to attack both sides of the field with this team. It'll be interesting to see. I do have the Jags winning 
I love that. I, I'm I'm hoping for the upset, but I mean, this is the Jags are my number one seed. I do have them winning some of these tough games. If you're going to be a one seed, you got to win the tough ones. This is a Agreed. this would be, and this this is a must win for Kansas City. So I do agree that they're going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. They're on the road, a lot more to prove. People, they're already being doubted right now, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm also I'm freaking over betting against Patrick Mahomes. I really that's am. how I felt. That's how I felt week one. And then I got disappointed, but in a happy way. <laughs> he gets me every time. Yeah. I always wonder. I feel like whenever I, I'm like, okay, I'll hop on the bandwagon. I'll take that chance. And then I just get let down. I'm like, okay. Yeah. What the heck? Every time. So, but all right. So that's cool. We got another difference maker there. So moving on, we got a divisional matchup of two rookie quarterbacks going against each other. We got Anthony Richardson and the Indianapolis Colts going up against CJ Stroud and the Houston Texans. This will be at Houston. And the Indianapolis Colts are one-point favorites on the road. So, your boy D'Amico had a decent showing. You know, it's it's hard to go up against the Ravens in the first game with a rookie quarterback and a lot of moving parts. And But there was a lot of good from that game. There was a little bit of bad for Houston. Jalen Petrie, their top safety, did suffer a bruised lung. He was attempting to sack Lamar, and all of a sudden you see him start coughing up blood. So this it definitely wasn't uh, something you wow. want to see. And it'll be so he's going to be out. I don't believe he's playing this game just for safety reasons. I think they're going to examine him a little bit more is what I I thought I read. So it'll be interesting to see how they kind of play. I think I have the I have the Colts winning this one. I think stylistically, Anthony Richardson played the best out of the three QBs. I do think overall, based off of scheme, Shane Steichen's just an elite play caller based off of he took that Eagles offense and integrated it what works with this team with a young QB because he understands Anthony Richardson really well. I think if Anthony Richardson stays healthy, stays on the field the whole game, doesn't have to rely on Gardner Minshew to come in. I think the Colts win this. It's going to be, a. I think it'll be close, but I think it'll be 24-17. I like that. I, uh, I didn't do that deep of a dive in on this game. Um, That's I, fair. <laughs> you know, they're two young teams. They're two inexperienced teams. Um, D'Amico's, he's still kind of learning. Um, the ro- Not kind of. He is learning the ropes of being a head coach now. Um, mm-hmm. I have full faith in him. I think he'll be a great coach. But um, this game, is this was a hard one for me just because I didn't really know how to approach it. I have the Texans winning it 21-17. to 17. I think it'll be okay. a lower scoring in a way game. Um, I could see, and it. it'll be it'll be kind of it'll be a dogfight, but in the wrong sense. It'll be like they're struggling to kind of move the ball at times. Right, two struggling teams just trying to figure it out. It'll be kind of ugly, but it'll still be entertaining. It'll be interesting exactly. to see who gets their. It'll be interesting to see who gets their first win. So, yep, yeah. So that's good. Now we go. We already went through the Niners and the Rams. We had that. So we had, if not the most disappointing team of the weekend, the New York Giants going on the road uh, to the uh, number one potential number one pick, Arizona Cardinals. And this will be interesting. I know that I brought up. Um, so first off, I have the Giants winning. I'm going to take one last chance because I would rather bet on the New York Giants than Jonathan Gannon. And I, I talked about yesterday whether or not this would be a game 
that the Giants could recover from after getting blown out on, at the home by at home by 40 points. This was a loss that no team in recent memory has really got to experience. So they get to be the punching bag moving forward. And that kind of, just like any team can build hype by adding stuff, you get a reverse sense of pressure when you lose in a historic fashion. Now the attention's on you like, hey, are they this bad? Are they going to be able to recover from something like this? I think they're going to be able to. Darren Waller is going to be out on this game. I forget exactly what his injury was, but it was reported today that he was hurt. So he's sure. going to be out this game. But I don't think that'll make too much of a difference. The Cardinals are frisky on defense, but I do believe that Saquon will get it going. The weather, it's in a dome, so the weather's not going to be a factor here. It'll be, I think it'll be a cleaner game. I think we'll actually see Danny Dimes throw the ball in a way that isn't going to be affected by weather, which isn't necessarily a good thing to say either because a mark of a good quarterback is that they can excel in any condition at any time. But they're human, so we got to give them semi-benefit of the doubt. But I do think that they're going to win this game 25-20. to 20. I think it'll be close, but I do think they cover. Yeah, I've got the Giants winning too, um, and I've got 28-20. to 20. Okay. Nice. Very nice. So we're getting down here to our last little bit to close out the episode here. So we got the fascinating New York Jets going up against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are eight and a half point favorites at home. First home game back at AT AT&T. That's it. So I have more. I just they dominated one New York team and I don't see them not dominating the second New York team. And this was even with or without Aaron Rodgers in this game. I think that the wow. Jets were going to I I I do think the Jets were going to ultimately struggle. Their offensive line visibly struggled week 1, and when you're going up against arguably the best defensive unit in the NFL who got seven sacks and what they two interceptions and a fumble like they they were all over the place. Micah Parsons is taking over and he's this team is sbob super bowl or bust like they are very clearly on a mission and came out in in the most perfect fashion last week and i don't see that slowing down i don't think it'll be as dominant because the jets defense will make this interesting but i but i if they're running with zach wilson i i think he's not even going to make it out of that game alive so I do have the Giants winning. I have the Giants winning 34 to 20. And that's I'm being generous on the 20 because I don't think they're going to put up that many points in New York unless they get a Dak turnover that is a pick six or they get lucky on a return again. That'd be the only way I see them really generating points coming into this one. Yeah, I've got I've got the Cowgirls winning 27 to 10. Um, <laughs> I, I don't at any point feel like the closest this game will be is 0-0. Um, I agree. Yeah, the Cowboys. It's it's as simple as saying they're they are the most complete team in the NFL as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the the Jets. It's so hard to say right now because obviously Zach knows the playbook, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure on Zach now, like more Even pressure more so. than ever in his career because. You know, he it was expected this entire offseason that they were going to have, you know, one of the Hall of Fame um, quarterbacks running their team. 
you know, first time in however many years. So what was it? 1998 since the last time they had, they've had, yeah. they've had this much hype and came off of yeah. a successful season. And, um, now it all went to crap in four plays and they've got the same guy that they had. There's a lot on his shoulders. I actually would hate to be Zach Wilson just because of what that must feel like. Like, Oh, well, I get to be the savior, but nobody actually views me as the savior. So they gave up on him. You you gave up on him in the off season. It's like saying, that's like the Niners saying, Oh, we believe in Trey Lance, but we're going to start Brock. And because Brock's our guy and it was the, it's the same, it's the same thing. Nobody expected Zach Wilson to play. And now he's being thrusted into a role and he didn't even look that great when he did, when he did come in. And that's not entirely his fault. He wasn't playing with the first teamers consistently. That's, I understand that, but. It, I just, I can't see him coming out of there So w- with any, yeah. Yeah, I, I have a really bold take on it. If Zach Wilson on the first drive of the game, um, if he doesn't get a first down or worse, he turns the ball over on that drive, it's going to be a very, very long and ugly game for the Jets. I think from there, yeah, he will just yeah. end up spiraling. They were, they were blessed to get that the the week one win they were blessed to win they went the way that they did last week yep. i don't think they're going to be a one-win team that's not how it works no. but they they're at least the vibes are a little better they're they're like okay we're coming off of a win let's see what we can do versus oh man we lost our qb we lost and now we're coming into dallas so at least they have a puncher's chance but it's like it's like one of us trying to punch mike tyson so it's not gonna work <laughs> it's not gonna work that well no nope. so all right Moving on, we got the Washington Commanders at the Denver Broncos, two teams that were weird to kind of pin down. Um, I do have the Broncos winning this game. The Broncos are three and a half point favorites at home. And the only reason I say that is the Commanders did not look convincing. Yes, they beat the Cardinals, but Sam Howell didn't look good. Their offensive line allowed him to get sacked six times. They looked a little out of control. He never really seemed comfortable. And against this Broncos defense, which is a legitimate defense. Yes, the Raiders won, but they held them to 17 points. It was the offense that was the issue. And we're not entirely sure if uh, Chase Young will be playing. He was out last week too, but that dude never stays healthy. But when he's healthy, he's fine. And they and that completes the defensive line. Their defensive line is a, one of the better defensive lines in the league with, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name, Jonathan Allen. There we go. With Jonathan Allen, and then you got, Chase Young, they have a good defense. They've always been really well coached on defense. But I do think that when it comes to trying to score, I think this Denver defense is going to cause too many problems. And Russ's experience will actually help him against an inexperienced quarterback this time around. And I have him winning 27 to 20. I have 23-17 Broncos. Okay. Very nice. All right. We got the Miami Dolphins, hottest team in the league right now. Well, one of them with the uh, on the road against the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins are two and a half point favorites on the road. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, honestly, I feel like the Pats, they'll have no answer for Tyreek and Tua. That combo is looking as lethal as ever. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're rolling coming out of week one. Um, that, it's going to come down to the pass protection for the Finns. Um, you know, Agreed. how much time are they going to give Tua to let Tyreek get in between the linebackers and the secondary? Because, I mean, that's that's where he eats. He catches the ball somewhere in there. 
he's gone. So right. um, I think Mac will have a few good drives, um, but on those good drives that he has, he has to score a touchdown. It, he, you can't come away with a field goal against this team. Not this time around. You, you're going to have to outgun him at this point. So um, I don't think it happens. Fins up 35-20. Nice. I actually had the same score. 35-20 is perfect and agreed to a – and then, boys, I think this is going to be a bigger Jalen Waddle game. I think that it'll be a much more shared offense. But, I mean, Tyreek can put up 215 in his sleep if he wanted to. It doesn't matter when. Yeah, I do think that they might cause a little bit of pressure. That defensive front is no joke. They did give the Eagles troubles last week. And the Eagles offensive line is better than the Miami Dolphins offensive line. But they have improved. And Miami proved Mike McDaniels, I know, will have a scheme ready to go for this one so and i believe they'll actually have a chance to run against them pretty well too so i think raheem oster will have a decent game they'll have a, a chance to pick up some yards and give to a little a little ease to you know to move the ball so yeah with that we have miami winning comfortably now we have the first monday night game first of the two it'll be the new orleans saints on the road at the carolina panthers so we got Bryce Young's first primetime game. He'll be under the lights un- after a semi-unimpressive debut uh, where he did take a loss. And the Saints are coming off of a very close victory at home against Tennessee. The vibes are good there. Derek Carr played a solid game. Their offense looked like, okay, we know what works. But this Panthers defense is frisky. They, you know, they did lose. They did give up 24 to Atlanta, but... I still have the Saints winning this. Um, I have them winning 28-17. to 17. I think it's going to be a comfortable win. Their defense is going to stifle the hell out of Bryce Young, and I think he's going to he's gonna feel a little bit of pressure. And Adam Thielen's been dealing with a, with a little injury here and there, so it's nagging, and I just don't know if he's going to be available. So you're taking more weapons away, and their offensive line was shoddy to begin with, and when you have Demario Davis coming up the gut, he's going to destroy this man. Yep. So... I feel bad that it has to be in a primetime game, but I do think Bryce will have some moments. I think he'll he'll, he'll flash his number one potential, but um, I think that the Saints will just have a little too much juice for them in this one. Yeah, I uh, I think Derek Carr is going to have he'll have a good game. Um, he won't have you know insane stat lines by any means, but I don't think I don't think he loses the turnover battle. Let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe this game is actually going to come down to a turnover. It's, I think it's going to be a one score uh, game in the end. So I've got the saints winning 17, 14. Okay. That's cool. And then on to our last one. Now this is going to be a statement game either way, because one team made a bold statement last week with a good win. And this team made a throughout a clunker against the Niners. So we have the Cleveland Browns on the road at Pittsburgh. Now Pittsburgh just took a significant L at home. So against a really solid overall team with an elite defense and they're about to run into another team with an elite defense. Miles Garrett feasted on Joe's on Joe Burrow last week and Zadarius Smith. They're about to do that again against an offensive line that we thought would be able to handle solid defensive lines, but that didn't turn out to be the case. So this is it's another divisional game those are always weird to predict 
I do think Believe Lind is in full force right now. People think that this team could actually make some noise in this division. If they take the win here, I think it'll solidify a little bit more confidence as they beat two division opponents who people actually had ahead of them to begin with. So I have Cleveland winning this game. I have them winning. It's not going to be crazy. I think it's going to be 24-21. I think it'll be a defensive slugfest. I think it'll be a matter of will Deshaun Watson get going faster or will Kenny Pickett get going faster? And you guys had, the Niners had tons of success running the ball with Christian McCaffrey. I could see the very similar thing happening with Nick Chubb. So I, that element was a little too hard for me to ignore. Plus the, you guys, the Niners decimated the Steelers. You hurt like half of their team. (laughs) Deontay Johnson's out. Um, you, uh, Cameron Hayward's out. And I know there's others that I'm missing here too. Uh, Pat Fryermuth was dealing with the rib thing, but on the offensive line for Cleveland, their best, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, Jack Conklin, is out for, I don't know if he's out for the season, but he's out for a significant amount of time. And so that will be a blow, but I do think that they'll be able to handle that. TJ Watt's going to get his, that's just natural, but I have Cleveland winning 24-21. Yeah, um, I feel like, Week one was pretty damn demoralizing for Steelers. Um, <laughs> it it was they were plotted to be a good team, nothing amazing, right? There was a lot of hype mm-hmm. around them, um, and the players were were feeding off of that. You know, especially in training camp, the way they were playing against each other, um, there was a lot of good things coming out of out of Pittsburgh. Um, and you go into week one and you get destroyed like that after you're expecting it to at least be close. You know, um, I, I think, I think that's going to weigh into week two for them. Um, I think for sure. Kenny's going to see some ghosts in, uh, down the field. <laughs> I think he'll, I actually think he'll throw two picks in this game. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like, it's it's one of those situations where when you're down bad, he's a second year guy. He's he's gonna be feeling a lot of pressure from this defense. Mm-hmm. It's it's two solid defenses two weeks in a row, and uh, it's it's gonna be a tough one for him. I feel for him. Um, I think he gets he has a rough game. Especially when he loses one of his top weapons in Deontay Johnson, too. And if yeah. Pat Fryermuth doesn't play and you're just throwing to George Pickens, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, the injuries are um, just the icing on top, for sure. I've got the Browns exactly. winning 28 to 14. Wow, okay. So that's that's a nice gap there. Um, but no, I I can see them winning, and it'll be... It's disappointing, to say the least, for the Steelers with all the preseason hype coming in. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes down so with that we have locked in our picks for this week and we will continue so how to work is we're gonna when we talk about this next week now that this is the second week of us doing this we're gonna say we're gonna go how we did for the week and then we're gonna add on to what we did last week and see how our standings are after that we're gonna compile and we're gonna have to do some math during the year and we'll see how that works out for us but yeah i'm excited I think this is good. I'm ex- I'm hoping I'm excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for Sunday for you guys. It'll you know, I hope both of our teams end up with a dub. We'll see if both of us can come back a little happy for uh for week two. Do you have any final thoughts? Go Eagles, go Niners.
Yeah. Fly goes fly, bang, bang, Niner gang. So with that being said, please feel free to give us a follow on social media. You can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, or X. I will continue to say this until I actually start getting it right. Or you can send us an email at behindthebackpod13 at gmail.com with any questions or takes you want to have. Please communicate with us. We love. We would love to hear your takes and your opinions on what either we're saying or what you have to say. And it will eventually get to a point where if we get enough questions, we will we'll, we would love to do a mailbag episode and see, you know, what everyone has to say. So yeah, with that being said, tune in next week when we we break down the wild week that's bound to happen here and we'll have a good time with it. So this was episode three of the Behind the Back pod. I'm Marcos Conan Negron. You are Ben Rest. That's right. The jet, baby. So we will see you guys next week. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>